I'm super excited about this podcast because there's someone here with me who I class as uh, the thought leader when it comes to money, especially not just here in the UK, but globally. Um, he's, the, he's the author of the best-selling book, Money Anyway. So if you haven't got it, go and get it right now. He is a Guinness World Record holder. He owns multiple businesses, specifically in property and training. He's trained tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people all across the world. Owns uh, well over uh, 1,300 properties now. What is it? Well, we have 1,540 tenants. 1,540 tenants. So he's not just doing it. You know, he's teaching it and he's teaching it and he's doing it. He's doing all that great stuff. He's wrote 18 books. 18 freaking books. His podcast, The Disruptive Entrepreneur, which you should go and check out, by the way, is the best business podcast out there right now. So make sure you go and check it out. He's interviewed some incredible celebrities like Floyd Mayweather and all these kind of incredible souls. But he's here today. And I feel very blessed because you're usually like you're usually interviewing like big freaking famous people. And now I've got the chance to interview you. And I feel incredibly <laughs> privileged. So thank you so, so much. So Welcome to the Mind Over Money podcast. Now, Rob, I'm just going to go straight into it because there are some people watching this and listening to this who might not really know who you are. I'm always wary when I ask this question, and especially when you ask it to me because I can rattle on for three hours talking about who I am. But who are you in a nutshell for everyone there? I am a previously practicing artist who was raised by a very hustly street fighter entrepreneur who ran pubs and bars and clubs and, you know, I guess I got to observe the the blood on the streets mm. way to, to make a living. Yeah. Although I haven't headbutted anyone to do it, but my dad <laughs> did that many times. <laughs> and I guess now you could say I'm a, a creative entrepreneur in the sense that I have 1,540 tenants in my property investing companies. Yeah. We have a ownership management and lettings companies. And we just finished developing a 99 apartment, 159 tenant block. Which, yeah, I saw. It's incredible. Yeah, it made 13.477 million pounds wow. in November. Wow. Um, but also, I, I like to help inspire as many people across the planet to start and scale their own business. So whether you call that a teacher, an educator, an inspirer, a ranter, a creator, <laughs> someone who likes to leverage social media, I don't like using the word influence. I'm not here to influence people. Mm -hmm. I'm here to inspire and educate and disrupt people. Um, I think business and entrepreneurship is one of the most creative endeavors. Yeah. People often say, well, Rob, you know, you used to be an artist. Don't you miss painting and drawing? But I get to be creative every day. Yeah. Um, you know, we were even thinking about what are the titles for <laughs> yes. these lives yes. um, to make them stand out. Yeah, that, that's a to. creative yeah. endeavor. So I guess that's what I am. I'm an author as well, a public speaker. Um, and also I'm a student. I'm a student of money and business and entrepreneurship because I think um, there's always more to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And look, we're going to go straight into it. The reason why I love this podcast, because it focuses around money. Now, I didn't grow up with much. I grew up in a very poor neighborhood um, with wearing secondhand clothes. I watched my parents work really hard every single day only just to make ends meet. And I could have easily been influenced by my environment around their thoughts around money. And this is going to be quite disruptive what we talk about today. But I, I grew up in schools that educated us to just do okay, get jobs and get, be okay didn't teach us any financial education, um, taught us to play at a certain level. And something made me go against that. And it wasn't necessarily the strategy. It was my attitude that shifted towards money. So from an early age, I used to love spending money. I used to love doing it, but I was told it was a bad thing. I was told, don't go into debt. 
that don't do this, do this. So my mind was like, hang on, how can something that brings me so much pleasure be bad? And it, and so my, my thought process changed around it. I said, like, well, look, you know what? If, if, if spending money makes me happy, it, my, my, my solution, I suppose, for that is go and make more. But not everyone's wired that way. I, I, I do understand that. So let's be perfectly honest. You mentioned that you like to help other people go out there and make their own wealth and start their own businesses, scale their own businesses. But you and I both know the bloodline of any business is money. We need money to flow. So despite people learning stuff, getting onto courses, educating themselves, in your opinion, what really holds them back? So there's a few things that hold people back when it comes to making money. The first is their upbringing. Mm. So if they were raised in first or third world or developed or developing world poverty, that's going to impact um, their relationship with money. Yep. And some, you know, I'm not the guy that goes around disrespecting and talking down to the broke because Bill Gates said it's not your fault if you're born poor. Mm. It isn't. But he did say it is your fault if you die poor, which if you have access to libraries and the Internet and podcasts and social media and books, then it is your fault. Yeah. And so the main thing is people's environment and parenting, I would mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. and then schooling. So if you think about it, what's going to impact us the most on our beliefs is one, um, the environments that we're in two how much time we spend in those environments. So you could have the richest uncle in the world, mm. but if you only spent one hour a year with them, that's not going to unwire all the poor programming no. of your environment, your country, your government, your education system and your parents. So this is, I mean, occasionally I get ranty and occasionally I'll be a bit divisive, but <laughs> I don't disrespect the poor or the broke or the skin. I just want to help them change. Yeah. But the thing is, what holds them back the most is not really doing what it takes to change. So you can't help your parents. You know, when they say work really hard or save um, money or money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, yada, yada, don't flaunt your wealth, mm -hmm. you know, uh, all of these kind of things, which I know our parents have our best interests at heart. But what our parents are doing is protecting us from the things their parents did that they perceived didn't serve them. And then tr trying to help us maybe carry down some things they thought their parents did do well or passing our own belief system down. So if you were raised in Newcastle in the coal mining areas <laughs> of the 60s and 70s and dark and you know, very, um, not really an entrepreneurial age, that's going to impact you. Yep. Whereas if you were raised in Silicon Valley, um, you know, or, or, or Web3 or the metaverse, yep. <laughs> then you're going to have a different. So I'd say probably number one is environment and parenting, depending on which one impacts you the most. Yeah. Um, your school. Mm -hmm. So what kind of school, um, you know, did you go to? Um, and most of them have got really poor financial education. Yeah. And the skeptics say that's because, you know, they want to bring them into the system and the new world <laughs> order. But I think there's, you know, we need doctors, dentists, nurses, nurses, lawyers, and, you know, and the school system produces those. Yeah. Just doesn't produce entrepreneurs, really. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurs have to rebel against the school system. I, I remember hearing an entrepreneur say, I didn't fail at school. School failed me. Uh, and what he meant was school failed me at teaching me to be an entrepreneur. But school isn't designed to teach us to be entrepreneurs. No. 
We have to break the school system and the shackles of that if we want to be an entrepreneur. The media you put in your mind. This is why mm. it's, it's why I love your title, Mind Over Money. <laughs> um, it's got like a, at least two or three meanings in. It's yeah. about money. So the podcast you listen to, the people you follow on social media, the influencers, the authors. Now, I broke away from that upbringing and parenting and environment and media and friendship circle. I broke away from mm. that on December the 15th, 2005. Wow. And that was the day I decided to make a change. And so this morning I went to get my medium skinny cappuccino at 5.30 and I'm listening to a podcast on the future of money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not listening to the radio. Yeah. I'm listening to a podcast on the future of money, even though I am the author of money and even I've got the podcast called Money. Yeah. I'm still educating myself on money. The people I speak to are a millionaires, 100 millionaires and billionaires. The people I follow on social media are that. The people I interview are that. So... You know, there was a, a really famous study done. I think Sigourney Weaver ended up doing a little film documentary modeling it. But there was someone who lived with, with I think, apes or monkeys mm. in, in the forest for many, many, many years. And she ended up exhibiting the traits of these primates because you become your environment. 100%. So, you, so if you want to make a change, you have to look at, look at your environment. Because, Jesson, I know you're into mindset and personal development and positivity, but it's really hard to do all that when... Everything around you, media, parenting, friends, family, are all infiltrating you with all this negativity mm. or socialist, communist sort of conspiracy theories or attacking the billionaires or whatever else. Whereas that's a lot of energy to mm. resist that, push that all away and protect yourself in your mind. The easier thing to do is to just change your environment. So anyway, the, I can't remember what the question was, but there's some thoughts. <laughs> what's, what's the biggest thing that holds people back? Their environment, their upbringing, their education, etc., and then the lack of responsibility to change. See, that's why I love you because you just say it how it is and tell the truth. I'm going to add something to that because it's all, all of it, all of it is true. And I guarantee you, people listening, people watching at home right now, guarantee you they've also had other people around them tell them that as well change your environment look at your upbringing look at the patterns of behavior you're engaging in look at all of that stuff and they still don't move and i'm gonna go as far as saying is because when people say they can't it means they really don't want to so what they're really saying is or it sometimes means they don't know how yet yeah or they're, they're the scared. Lack, lack of education yeah but what, what what i what i look at is we're living in a world of abundance of resources Becoming a millionaire in the 1970s was way harder than it is to become one right now because there are so many more resources available. So when, when you're seeing people around you do this day in, day out, day in, day out, there is not one per And I refuse to believe that anyone can say that in this world of abundance that we live in that you can be broke. Like you just said, it's a choice to a certain extent. My thing, though, is, is this. No matter how much they learn from you, from me, from anybody out there, there's something on a deeper level that's stopping them from moving forwards. And that, with all due respect, is comfort. Comfort is the enemy of greatness. There we go. They're comfortable. And I'm sure you've seen this as well, where people say, like, for example... Oh, by the way, you can be comfortable and still be completely in the shit. Yeah. You know, it's not but this like is, comfortable this is the means quite a good life. No, no. Just scared of change. Scared of change. You, you can literally have zero pounds in the bank, but you know, come what may, you've still got a roof over your head. You're going to eat something today. And you're going to be okay, whatever happens. And that's because people, unfortunately, don't move until it really, really, really goes bad. Yeah. So it's not about resource, uh, re resources, it's about resourcefulness. Yeah. So 
what needs to happen for someone to actually go right i need to be more resourceful now because enough's enough now my take on it is you tolerate stuff and then you have standards tolerance gives you flexibility standards makes you go right i'm not doing that anymore so what do people really need to do to 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 actually tap into their standards and not tolerate stuff because a lot of people are just tolerating it they look at you all the time and go thanks for the content rob thanks for the content rob thanks for that oh that's amazing that's amazing and you meet the same person next year and they haven't moved so say it how it is what do you want to say to those kind of people they probably need to get more uncomfortable mm. if they're too comfortable to make a change which is one of the theories you're putting across and i agree with that um then they need to get more uncomfortable now you'll get uncomfortable two ways someone or something or an event will disrupt you into discomfort yep. like on december the 15th 2005 when my hero my dad had a massive nervous breakdown in his pub literally started convulsing and looking like he was having an exorcism and got beaten up by the police and arrested and sectioned and um, diagnosed with bipolar. And, and that happened was, in front of you, right? That happened you, in front you of were me there. and my mum and my sister on the front lawn yeah. outside our pub. And there were at least 30 of the customers looking through the window watching it happen as well. And I, look, I was that person you're talking about. I was complacent, cocky, comfortable, mm. uncoachable, flippant, arrogant, hurt, all these things. I was, you know, I wasn't a complete twat, but I wasn't far <laughs> off. Um, but it manifests in these defensive protection mechanisms. Mm. And I was that guy. So I know because I've been through the journey. I wasn't born into wealth. Um, and I started with nothing. I started with minus 50,000 pounds. I was in debt. So, mm. But what happened to me was I got so uncomfortable because of an external event. But you either wait for an external event like that, which one, you could be waiting a long time. Yeah. And two, if it happens, yeah. it could be disastrous. So you yeah. don't want to wait. You need to create that traction and that energy and mm. that pain. So I remember Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everyone was telling him that his calves were too small to ever win Mr. Olympia. So he'd shame himself by always wearing shorts <laughs> and everyone would be you saying, you've got skinny calves. Yeah. You, know, you know those weightlifters <laughs> that everyone takes the piss out of that got pigeon legs and a massive, massive upper top. body? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger shamed himself by uh, always wearing shorts so he could create pain in himself for change. So... Mm. You'll either get disrupted by the world, like COVID. COVID, it, you can look at it a lot of ways, but someone said to me, it was Carol Baskin of Tiger King, she said this to me because I interviewed her. Yeah. And she said, um, it was basically, um, in, in different words, but she basically said that the the, um, the universe is humbling us. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it, the universe has given us COVID to teach us a lesson. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely say, in some respects, I was comfortable or I'd stop taking risks. I mean, I'm the guy that says <laughs> thousands of times, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And we were doing well before COVID. And if I look back, there was a few things I probably could have or shouldn't should have done. So, you know, you're, you're given these external events to shake you into discomfort because it's only discomfort that creates change and mm. change creates growth and growth creates evolution. Yeah. So, you know, all these people that say, oh, you know, just want happiness. It was funny because I interviewed Nigel Farage. His et et episode goes live today for us. And he said, all these people who just want to be happy. <laughs> and he sort of took the mickey out of them. The universe doesn't want you to be happy. And there's no evolution in happiness. There's e evolution in disruption mm. and change and challenge. And diamonds aren't formed through happiness. Diamonds are formed through pressure. pressure. Yeah. So you either wait for the world to give you disruptions and you do something about it or you don't. But if you wait long enough, it, those disruptions will get bigger for you because the universe needs you to grow, or you'll create it in yourself. So I create quite, quite a lot of my own pain. So, you know, I was, a fat, I was the fattest kid in my school when I was younger. I've got a lot of 
pain and shame around that. So I've always got this void of wanting to prove myself. Mm. So this inherent built-in pain, I've, I've learned that's quite um, quite common around, among very wealthy or successful yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Is there something in their childhood which yeah. Oprah Winfrey was abused? You know, um, I you was know. bullied. I was bullied. I wore second-hand clothes. I was bullied for wearing my hand-me-downs. I, I was laughed at. And now you're just bullied for wearing expensive now, clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of money to look this stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I've got that inherently in, and yeah. a lot of immigrants like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, the immigrants, and they, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. pain and racism, which you would have experienced, 100%. which is awful, but there's an upside to everything. So it's either inherently built within you, like it is within me, or you go and seek it. Mm. And I seek it because I need to challenge myself and I need motivation to challenge myself. So naturally, I'll go and seek that. Like I'll, I'll look at the podcast charts and I'm like, damn, I've gone down to number six. Yeah. I've got to get back I'll up get to back number up one. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, you look at your net worth statement or you look at your competitors or you look at the market. So disrupt yourself. Otherwise, someone else will disrupt you. I love that. I absolutely love that. And and this is this is the whole point. Like, honestly, if you're look, a lot of people say if nothing changes, nothing changes. And I think that's absolute crap. Absolute nonsense. If you do nothing, it's going to get worse. Well, the universe moves towards atrophy, which means things decay over time. Yeah. If you leave anything long enough, even the sun in it a few decay. billion years will turn into a black yeah. hole. So the universe moves towards atrophy. 100%. If you're green, you grow, you're ripe, you're rotten, everything decays. Absolutely. So you're completely right. People think, um, you know, people think that nothing changes. No, no, no. You just like if you don't go to the gym for a month. So you actually need You're to gonna... do, you need to do a certain level of growth just to maintain. Absolutely. So you need to do double growth to grow. It's a good point. Some of us are just way too comfortable. And like you said, sometimes you need to seek that pain because people I've found, you know, after training, you know, thousands of people all across the world, being in psychiatry since I was 19 years old, I've found that people move because of pain, not really pleasure. Like people will run from a burning building before they run towards their dreams. It's, it's just how we're wired. So can you attach some pain to your current situation? Can you make what you're currently earning insignificant? If you're in a job right now, I know you moan about it, but you still go there. Like, what can you make a non-negotiable right now that would make you want to change? And I think a lot of people are not tapping into those non-negotiables, 100%. especially around money. And here's the, here's the thing right now. If you can't motivate yourself with all the shit that's going on in the world, then I, maybe maybe you've got bigger problems because yeah. inflation is probably 15%. We're probably Gosh. in hyperinflation. Interest rates are still really low. So inflation and interest rates are way out of kilter. Yeah. The royal family in the UK is being fallen apart. I mean, yes. If you're the queen, her son's ruining her image. Yep. Her grandson's ruining her yep. image. Um, so London Bridge is falling down. Inflation <laughs> is super high. COVID's lockdowns, quarantines, mandates, you know, deportations. All of this shit is going on in the world. Many local and retail businesses so hurt. Not enough government subsidy and no. support. VAT still 20%. Income tax is like mine's 45%. Then you've got corp tax going up from 19 to 25%. Dividend tax going up. So the world is trying to tell you, look, there's all this shit, Do grow. Something. There's all this shit, grow. There's all this discomfort, grow. But here's the thing. Human beings' natural instinct is look for the easy way out. 100%. It's like a turtle. Ooh, I'll just go back into my shell. But nothing changes, like you said. And, that, and, that's, and that's essentially because that's how we've been programmed. Like your, your brain is designed to keep you safe. It's designed to take the easy way, not, not the hard way. So not, even though you get motivated and go, right, I've listened to Rob. I've listened to this podcast. I'm going to go and do it. Yes, I'm going to take over the world. What your brain done is it goes, right, hang on a second. That's not the easy. That's not the trodden path. The trodden path is actually go the easy way. So it's just a default 
program it we got to go and do, do make things easier and it's interesting you spoke about atrophy and growing I, I was interviewed yesterday and i was asked like why is it some companies grew during they asked me as an example why did your companies grow during covid and some people folded and mind over money podcast i had a growth mindset not a retraction mindset whereas most people were getting rid of staff saving on bills cutting back literally on everything i was hiring staff i was in, investing more money into myself and assets collaborations growth abundance mindset which has literally made us good money but has helped us grow our companies in fact i launched two new companies during lock lockdown because of the the growth not the retraction so i guess the message is right now is have a look at your situation are you actually cannibalizing your own future by listening to all this stuff that's going on around us and retracting even more by saving i'll cut back on this i i'll, I'll stop going off and getting my was it your skinny moco frappo whatever the hell it is i'll stop doing that i'll stop spending on this i'll stop spending i'll cut my gym membership and you got you you're subconsciously going into this retraction mindset and you don't even know you're doing it yet you're listening to this podcast wanting to grow so what shows up in intention doesn't always show up in behavior. I've always said that to people. So have a think about how are you behaving right now? Because you might have the best intentions. And this is why Rob and I do what we do. We want to be there. And as they say, when the student's ready, the teacher shall appear. Maybe this is the lesson you need to hear right now. Like, are you still sitting on the fence, being comfortable, all this kind of stuff? Because honestly, it's, you know, we're not here to be, I don't know, morbid and, uh, you know, you know make, make things negative. But there, is, there, are, there are crises, like, literally happening as we speak. And a lot of people are not, they're not preparing themselves for that. You see, at the end of the day, if you think about it, I'm very grateful. I'm sure you are. When we went through the pandemic, for example, it was, it was sad because a lot of people lost money, lost houses, lost jobs lost lives, all kinds of stuff. And I'm a big believer in your state dictates your outcome. You and I fortunately took care of our finances prior to that happening, which basically meant whatever's going on, we're good because we created our own economy for ourselves. And not many people are fortunate to do that, which meant we were in a better state to make better decisions, to take better actions, to get better results. Most people went into a state of panic during lockdown, which meant they had poor decisions, poor actions, terrible results. So that proves to you your state dictates your outcome. So right now, what do you need to do to manage your state? Because I promise you, if you get knocked on the head again tomorrow, it could be the only knock you get to wipe you out completely. Most business owners are three, just three months away from getting wiped out completely. Some of you are one month away because most business owners don't even have enough funds in their bank account to keep their business rolling if they don't have any income. And what needs to happen? What really needs to happen? So prevention is better than cure. You've heard that before. So I'm guessing what you're saying, Rob, is you create, I don't know, your own pain, like you said, rather than wait for real pain to happen. You look at the podcast charts and go, <gasps> Tony Robbins is ahead of me. Bastard. Let me get him, right? You create your own pain. And I like the fact that you draw on your own past and you're quite open to admit where your insecurities are, that you use them to fuel you. And I'm a big believer in turn your thoughts into features. Take what doesn't serve you and make it serve you. So what top tips can you give to someone who's really comfortable right now? Like literally, like right this very minute, what can they do right now? Not after watching this, right this very minute, what can they do? What would you tell them? I think understand the universal law of polarity and balance. So I believe a universal law of polarity states that um, everything is neutral, balanced between a, um, a positive and a negative pole. Yep. If you look at a, a battery, it has a positive and a negative pole. If you look at um, atoms male and female, everything has a, a positive and yeah. a negative pole yeah. 
um, that creates, if you look at a sun versus a black hole, um, something that sucks in energy, something that cre creates energy or, or creates that energy exchange. So if you look at a COVID pandemic lockdown, most of us would only see the negative pole. We wouldn't see the positive pole. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to see the upside and the downside, I think that's the greatest gift you can give to yourself. So um, love that. it's easier to do when you're in a balanced emotional state. So when you're elated or depressed, so elation is an extreme positive pole. Depression is an extreme yeah, negative, negative pole. And both of those are out of balance. Um, and the universe will continue to give you feedback to put, it, put you in balance because the universe or the globe or whatever powers require balance for evolution. You know, you, you take a, a particular animal out of the food chain, it completely disrupts the balance. Yep. If everyone was elated, it would disrupt the balance. If yep. everyone was depressed, it would change the balance. 100%. So um, what will happen is you'll naturally go out of balance because um, that's what your emotions do to you. Emotions are simply feedback to the inner environment. So we're, re we're reacting to the environment with emotion so that we can understand how to s move away from um, danger and threats and move towards safety. So we get these emotions, which essentially is just feedback. And then this creates a, an out of balance pole, either elation or depression or variance of it. And then when we get either elated or depressed, we will get feedback from the universe to pull us back into balance. So... I don't know if anyone has ever said, oh, I don't even say everything's going so well, because every time I say <laughs> yes. that, something goes wrong. Yes. That's because the universe can't have you always. Always doing well. Yeah, but it, it wants you there as a reward, but it can't have you always There's an offset. There's a and then I don't know if you've ever felt so shit that everything's going to shit, and then something came along to help you, or you moved beyond a hard marriage, yep. or you moved beyond going bankruptcy or whatever. So in the end, you always get through, because you can't be um, down for all that time as well. So you'll always... You'll always be pulled back down into balance and lifted back up into balance. Yeah. Or you can learn to do that yourself. So if you learn to do that yourself, you're not out of balance for so for so long. Yeah. And you're not in this cycle of elation, depression, elation, depression, which becomes an addiction. Mm. So when the lockdown happened, I will admit it pulled my energy down. It didn't make me depressed, but it, it made me significantly challenged because yeah. I've never seen it before. And um, a lot of people around me were scared. In fact, a lot of people in the media were scared. In fact, the whole world was scared. Yeah. So there was this global fear, this global negative pole. Um, and then basically it was a question of, all right, so what opportunists and entrepreneurs are going to see the upside? You know, the um, 10 richest people doubled their wealth in the lockdown, um, in the pandemic. Um, Bill Gates's wealth went up by 30%. Um, Elon Musk's went up by 1,000%, according to Oxfam. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they did all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd been talking about running a global company for years. I've been talking about running online events globally for years. I've been talking about running certain events like my podcast course and my um, subscription membership site course online for years. Yeah. So even though I'm pretty proactive, there's plenty of things that I wasn't doing, that I was intending to do. Likewise. And the lockdown gave me the greatest gift, which was do it now. <laughs> uh, and, and so um, I think, I really do think that the law of polarity is a great guiding light for business mm. um, and life because um, we all know that tomorrow we can wake up and get good news or bad news. We all know that we can have good days and bad days. And we all know that they're ahead of us. Um, whereas if you can see the upside in the downside, you have the ability to regulate your emotions. And when you are neutral in your emotions, you make better financial decisions, better business decisions, better relationship decisions. 
Like in a relationship, what's elation? Elation is blindness to the downsides. Mm. People think elation is, oh, it's the fantasy. Oh, I'm in love. Oh, finally, I found the person of my dream. No, 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 no. Because you end up marrying that person and then you end up divorcing that person. Yeah. But that's the same person. Mm. So elation is blindness to the upsides. Depression is blindness to the downsides. Mm. So if you can do this yourself rather than having to have the universe throw you people and events and feedback to put you into balance. And then the, the second and final thing I'll talk about what people can do. One, understand the universal law of polarity. And two, to, to fully understand that, you have to be grateful for all things and small things, and not just the good things. Yes. So anyone can be grateful when they're skipping down, holding hands in the <laughs> summer through the, the poppy fields. Oh, my life is great. <laughs> it's fucking easy to be grateful then. But what about when your business is going to mm. shit? What about when you're getting trolled like hell on social media? What about when you're going through a, a difficult divorce? What about you when you're going through a lawsuit? Now, if you can learn to be grateful for that and see the upside in that and that regulates your emotions, yeah. you'll make better decisions. I that is like, that's probably one of the most spiritual answers I've ever heard you come up with. Have you been like getting one-to-one mentoring from the Dalai Lama or something? Well, like, do you know what? You know, it's deep. You know, <laughs> you know the real summits that we both speak Yes, of. yes, yes, um, yeah. Well, two, two of those events ago, before me was Robin Sharma. Right, and yeah, yeah. And after yeah. me was Deepak Chopra. There you go. So a, a spiritual You got sandwich. You got a sandwich. <laughs> And I love, you know what? I love that because that's that's the that's the core of everything. Like you, you just hit the nail on the head. Obviously, being an ex psychiatric nurse, I have witnessed actual elation in, well, in bipolar, bipolar. Is elation, depression. It's up and down. So I've seen people super duper up there, elated, all that's aware, dangerous, unaware, that most dangerous, unaware yeah. of all the dangers around yeah. them, un- like walking into the middle of the street, yeah. like uh, uh, my all, dad. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go, right up there. And then I've seen people right down on the floor unaware of all the bad things that are going on right now like literally there's no there's no balance yeah and i suppose like for me anyway having seen that and i could align with a lot of what you're just saying there like i was doing extremely well and then my balance came in the form of a divorce and i was like suddenly i'm having to sell assets sell property sell businesses going what the hell is like having judges tell me what i can and can't do and where i can see my kids and how i can do this and how i can do that and it felt like my whole world was crashing down about, uh, around me even down to afterwards when I fought the case and I got custody of my kids and I did all that kind of stuff. Like it got to the point where, you know, I found my, I had some resentment around my, my ex-partner and stuff and things like that. And, so and resentment is more focused on downside. There you go. Yeah. So then like, what you've just said about gratitude, I went, you know what? There's no point me being upset or angry with my ex-wife. There's no point me being, you know, bitter towards her or any of us or the situation where it might be. And I had to sit down and literally list out what am I grateful for about her? And the biggest thing I was grateful for is that she blessed me with my two boys. And the minute, the minute I said that, everything changed. Literally in that moment, all the you know anger towards how she was and all the money I had to give away and all this it just, dis- just disappeared, like, like literally like that. And so I'm a big believer in gratitude has the power from to, to take you from a place of darkness to a place of light in literally record time mm. if you allow it for and allow it to do that. And with money, I was actually did a Facebook Live about that this morning. I did a money challenge to my followers this morning. And I was telling them, because you mentioned about gratitude, how can the universe possibly give you more of what you're already ungrateful for? Think about it. Most people have got, like, they're complaining. I don't have enough. I've got fiber in my pocket. I've only got a tenner on my bank account. I've only got this. I've only got that. So you're basically already ungrateful for what you've already got, but you want the universe to give you more of what you're already ungrateful for. So that doesn't work. So it starts with being grateful. Even if you've got five pounds left, 
being grateful for the fact that you've got five pounds. So that's five pounds more than the person who's on the street right now who has absolutely nothing, right? So rather than leave people hanging with, you know, we've, we've had a good bash at the system, lack of education, people not knowing better. We've got you to question where you are right now, where you want to be. I'd like to ask you a question that to kind of round this all up because people come to you a lot and including myself around income generating ideas. So I'm going to say up to three, I'm going to let you roll with it. If you feel like just fleshing out one, you can, what would you say your top three income generating strategies that people could do right now, even if they have access to limited resources, what could they do right now? Would you mind sharing that with us? Sure. Well, I think I'm going to go zero, one, two, three. Cool. <laughs> so zero is you have to have the fertile soil yep. in which to plant these seeds of wealth. So the fertile soil is what we've been talking about, being grateful mm. for what you have. You know, you'll never make more money until you learn to manage better what you yep. already have. Yep. Um, it would be to um, respect money and don't disrespect it. It will be to love it and not to hate it. It would be a, to a, admire and learn from the wealthy rather than just shout out that they should all be taxed more, etc., mm. etc. Et so you have, to, you have to have a belief that you can use money for good, that you are deserving of wealth and riches, um, that well-being is actually financial as well as spiritual and emotional. Do you know, um, everyone listening, that um, the etymology, the history of the word wealth comes from, I believe it's Latin, wheel, W-E-A-L, mm -hmm. which means well-being. Right. So actually, wow. when you go back through the ages, wealth meant well-being. Mm. And people say, oh, well, money doesn't make you happy. And someone even said to me um, in one of my Facebook lives that, um, you know, money doesn't create good health. But I would challenge that. Yeah. One, because over time, wealth and well-being have merged into this definition, which means it must have come from well-being. And you uh, over time, money has enabled you to have better health better healthcare. So let's say you got diagnosed with stage three or stage four cancer and mm. you, had to, you, we, you had to wait six months for your op or you could pay private. Yeah. You could, um, you could, you know, um, pay to a school or um, donate to a foundation or build a hospital or you could travel well, you could eat good foods. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of research out there which is now basically saying you can eat disease away by eating good food, eating yeah. good, healthy, balanced, whole food. That's more expensive than cheap processed food. Yep. So do not make the mistake that health and wealth are a separate concept. They're mm. not. They're interlinked. Health is wealth and wealth is health. And the richest people over time live the longest. Yeah. Because they've got access to all the science and the research. You know, a lot of people we study, you know, they're all doing the cold therapy. I, I yeah, 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 yeah. They're incredible. You started that now. Yeah, I've been doing that for ages. Have you? Cold showers every day. Wow. Yeah, they're epic. People that do this cryotherapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing all this longevity. You yeah, know, I know... Yeah. Um, Naveen Jain, who's got Viome. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's the rich people that are doing that, not the poor people. Yeah, so yeah. again, you just have to have a fertile soil of belief of money and good and wealth and health and good. balance the and the foundation. spiritual and the material all linked. So that's step zero. Yeah. Step one is I would educate yourself on all things money. I would learn about finances, currency. I would learn about the history, the psychology, the story of money, which is why Mind Over Money podcast is great for you. Yep. I have a podcast called Money. I have a book called Money. So stage zero, fertile soil. Stage one is learn about money, honour and respect money mm. and educate yourself well. Step two, I would say, is digital assets. Yes. We're in a digital revolution. We're in 
a movement against globalization into decentralization. So I kind of feel a bit strange saying this because I have 1,540 tenants and hundreds of properties and I've made tens of millions through property and real estate. But what I can tell you is this, this um, building, which is worth maybe $25 million, maybe maybe a bit more, we'll see, um, that we've just finished developing. Yeah. It made 13.477 million in November, 2021 on the profit and loss, but it took four and a half years, massive planning mm. issues, massive um, hike in material costs yeah, with yeah. you know what went on in the world. We lost one main contractor and then another one. We, um, we had to have two um, lawsuits. We had all these people working on site claiming they'd <laughs> broken their foot or whatever, <laughs> trying to you know game yeah, us. Yeah. Um, we had so much resistance from so many people it consumed millions of pounds mm. and now it's done yeah and that's great and it was worth it mm. but starting a podcast you don't have that pain yep. no tenants and boilers in a podcast <laughs> youtube channel podcast social media live streams nfts cryptocurrencies mm. the metaverse sponsorship advertising all of that i call the digital real estate or the digital revolution that yep. we're in um and with you know the internet moving into social media moving into web 3.0 and this metaverse and all these NFTs and cryptocurrencies, the like you said, the opportunity to become wealthy because there's so many more resources now, mm. and they're all online. Yeah, they're all online. Hundred percent. So I would say step two is getting into the digital revolution and digital real estate, domain names. Um, you know, have having followers on social media, going live, creating audio and video and live content. Yeah. yeah. And then the tip three is probably build a recurring income. Mm. So um, I have. Um, some people have said that my Rob.team membership site is the Netflix for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, um, you know, you create your own membership site. You know, people are doing OnlyFans. They have a Kajabi platform. They have Patreons. They have a podcast and a YouTube channel that has ads and sponsorship. This is essentially recurring, yeah. not occurring no. income. When you have a job, you have occurring income. When you have assets, you have recurring income. And leverage these digital assets to create multiple streams of recurring income. Bosh, one minute. <laughs> one minute before we're supposed to finish as well. What do you think about that? I, I love that. I love Put the, that the, in the, your pipe and smoke it. But the real question people want to know is, are you really on OnlyFans? That's what people want to know. Well, if all goes to shit, who knows? <laughs> who knows? We'll have to start our own. Yeah. All right. Love that, Rob. Listen, it's been an absolute honour and pleasure. How can people get in touch with you how can they follow you how can they be around you more because i'm fully aware of what you said about changing your environment sometimes people can't physically move but in this digital era can they go online mm. I, I know when i was going through some of my darkest moments i had a very intimate relationship with tony robbins on youtube yeah so how can they how can how what's the best place for people to go to to follow you connect with you Okay, so I have the Disruptors podcast. We've actually just rebranded the name from Disruptors have you? Entrepreneur. To Disruptors. Disruptors. All right. And um, we're getting some bigger, badder, and more controversial hey. guests. So Disruptors podcast. Yeah. And then you could just find me, Rob Moore, on any social media, Google me, whatever social media channel you're on. Yeah. I'm also on and my rant. more M-O-O-R-E. My rants are on. I do the rants on Facebook. We do. Um, <laughs> you don't do rants, do you? Do. do you really? Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> some of my rants go quite wild. I bet they um, do. And for anyone who might be on my channels, Mind Over Money, Jessen James, J-E-S-N-E-N -E -E James. Um, so yeah, you're all about mind, motivation and money.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And look, um, if you are watching this right now and you got value from it, uh, especially people watching live at home who are currently watching this, you can go and pre-subscribe for the Mind Over Money podcast right now. We go live, launch it officially on Thursday, and it's going to be weekly, weekly episodes, weekly guests, incredible content to serve you, to help you get out your own way and make incredible wealth. But if you're able to go and do that right now, Mind Over Money, and for those of you who are watching this or listening to this right now, make sure you go and subscribe, leave a review, leave a comment, leave something, and go and share it with someone who you really, really care about. So, Rob, any last words for anyone here? Yep, there is. What's that? If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Love it. Take care, everyone. Cheers. See you later.